feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight, as you are tuning in to the Rita Cosby Show, more air raid sirens going off in and around Ukraine, and particularly the key cities there. A new total, sadly, of the death toll in Mariupol. That, of course, is that port city that has been getting pounded by the Russians. And Ukrainians are estimating that more than five thousand people have died in that city alone and president zelensky in just the last few hours saying that he believes the worst has already happened to his country meaning the full-scale invasion of his country by russia meantime president biden boy has he just been a gaffe machine left and right You know, he came out first off saying that, okay, well, you know, when you get there to the U.S. troops, this is what you're going to see when you get to Ukraine, basically. And the troops, 82nd Airborne on Friday said, wait, 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 are we getting sent into Ukraine? Are there ground troops? Nobody told us there are going to be ground troops going into Ukraine. Then he had to walk that back. Of course, earlier he made comments about chemical weapons that if Putin uses chemical weapons. The U.S. would respond in kind. People went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no, no, no. The White House had to clean up there. Now, also, he said again, listen, there should be a regime change, essentially, that Putin should no longer remain in power. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, he didn't mean that. And now when he was cleaning up the 82nd Airborne comment, he basically revealed in that particular statement that, no, I didn't necessarily mean that. What I meant was that Ukrainian troops are training, basically getting prepared by U.S. troops in Poland. And so today, all day today, they're like, wait, 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 wait. We didn't know that U.S. troops are training Ukrainian troops in Poland. Did he basically reveal confidential information? It's like left and right. There is like a cleanup, not just an aisle seven, six, five, and four. It's like the whole supermarket has to be cleaned up. It's like every time he tries to clean up a statement, then he makes another reveal that they're like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, he didn't mean that. Boy, has it been a mess. And now many people are saying, is this president competent for this critical role at this very critical, dire time in history. Take a listen. Here is Janine Pirro making a comment just a little bit ago about what she thinks maybe it's time for. Either he doesn't understand the consequences of what he said, or he doesn't remember. In either case, this time for the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment. In other words, maybe this president should be removed. There are a lot of people saying he maybe is just not mentally up to the task. And by the way, joining us in just about a minute or two is President Trump's communication director for the 2022 campaign, 2020 campaign, Tim Murtaugh. Tim is going to be joining us and will give us a great analysis of what he thinks of the way that President Biden has handled things because, boy, has he been all over the place fumbling and bumbling and people are deeply, deeply concerned. 
And again, here is one of the statements that really caused the uproar to the point where Macron of France and also the head of NATO had to basically call the president and go, wait, 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 wait. Are we calling for a regime change? Nobody told us you were just with us at the big NATO summit last week in Brussels. And take a listen. This is the statement that President Biden said he never made. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. For free people refuse to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. And now today, the White House is saying, you know what? He wasn't speaking on behalf of America. He was just speaking from the heart. He was just speaking as an independent citizen. Are you kidding me? It's the president of the United States. And the White House billed this as one of his most important speeches ever. And it certainly comes at an incredibly pivotal, sensitive time in history. And every word is under the microscope. And when you're the president of the United States, you speak for America. You speak officially. He is at an, a major address there at the Royal Castle in Warsaw, Poland. And yet he's just speaking off the cuff from his heart. He's just some Joe Blow citizen. That is absolutely obscene. And in fact, today when he was trying to do cleanup, it was like, uh, 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 uh. And then yesterday when he was trying to do cleanup, he had a card in front of him. He actually had a note card in front of him. And it said, tough questions about Putin regime change. That clearly somebody from the White House gave him. Like he can't even figure out how to clean up the statements as if the tough card maybe might get confused with what, like an ice cream delivery or a pizza delivery. No, these are your answers, Mr. President. Stick to these answers. This is really scary. And this is what Dana Perino had to say on the five on Fox a little bit ago where she said the claim that he actually is basically saying, well, these are just my personal beliefs. I'm just sort of speaking off the cuff. You don't do that when you're the president of the United States at a major address. This is frightening and this is scary. And the fact that he had a cue card basically given to him and say, hey, here's the tough answers that you might have to give uh, as if they were tough and as if the questions were tough. I mean, this is just it's it's amazing to me. Take a listen. Here's Dana Perino. I also do not believe that you can claim that a president of the United States on the world stage, at a speech that they build as the most important speech so far that the president has given in this war, is done in his personal capacity. Yes. That's just not believable to me, and that's why the European leaders were like, well, let me back away from this, and they had to have that meeting this morning. Yeah, so scary that European leaders had an emergency, basically, meeting to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we speaking now about regime change? Because nobody told us. And the White House wants us to believe, oh, he's just speaking off the cuff. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this here on the Rita Cosby Show is President Trump's former 2020 communications director, Tim Murtaugh. Tim, great to have you here on the show. Oh, great to be with you again, Rita. Thank you very much. 
You know, isn't this amazing? You, of course, have been up close when it comes to communications with the president, what he says, how at this moment, especially right now, boy, does he speak on behalf of America. It's the voice of America. It's the face of America. It's the American president. And the White House today wants us to believe, oh, this was him just speaking from the heart. It has no bearing on policy. He's just kind of some random person just talking, you know, from his soul, from his spirit. What's your reaction to that, Tim? Well, it, I mean, it is it is absolutely astounding. And Dana Perino in that clip that you just played is exactly right because she was a former White House press secretary, so she knows all about this. And frankly speaking, when you're the president of the United States and you're out speaking in public and the entire world and Vladimir Putin are watching, you don't get to have your own personal opinions that are somehow separated, supposedly, from what the policy of the United States is. It, you just don't have that luxury. And, you know, there were there were people who were, were tweeting about this. Oh, this is the most important speech. This is the, what the speech this is the speech that Biden will be remembered for throughout his presidency and beyond. And, yeah, that's true. But not for the reason that those people thought when they were typing those tweets, because they said it before uh, he, he gave the line where he called for regime change uh, for getting Putin out of power, saying that Putin should not be in power. And what an incredible 48 hours it was for Biden when he was overseas. I mean, one disaster after another. You just went through them at the beginning of the segment. He told American troops what to expect when they got to Ukraine, which is clearly telling them, hey, we think we're going to deploy you. And the White House had to come behind him and say, well, no, that's not what he actually meant. He didn't mean that. And then he said that the U.S. would respond in kind, in kind, which means do the same thing if Putin used chemical weapons. And then the White House had to come behind him and say, well, no, that's not what he actually meant. And then when he openly called for a regime change, the White House again came behind him and said, no, that's that's not what he actually meant. But then a day after that, Biden comes out and says, yeah, I did mean that. And then the White House comes out and says, well, that was really only his personal opinion. He was speaking in his personal capacity. So what a mess when when you have a situation like this where really much of the world is on the brink of a, a great war. There's a, an active war going on, and much of the world is, is very close to being forced to get involved in this. You've got a president of the United States who has absolutely zero discipline in what comes out of his mouth on the world stage, and he's just making the situation worse. He's making it worse for our allies. He's making it worse for NATO. He's making it worse for Ukraine. Because you're giving Putin all kinds of propaganda weapons to use uh, in his propaganda war that is fought alongside the actual war here. It's just a complete and utter disaster. You know, and you bring up a great point, Tim Murtaugh, that especially because of the nuances and you're dealing with someone who is, you know, running a nuclear power, uh, Vladimir Putin, and the stakes couldn't be higher and then yet he is like fumbling, bumbling. The White House can't keep his straight. They can't control him, clearly. They had him have this cheat sheet card that on the top of the card it says tough Putin Q&A talking points, like, like he's like a two-year-old. How concerned are you? Because you were a communications director in 2020 for President Trump, a very mentally astute, very quick on his feet, very different presidency. I mean, this is concerning. 
Oh, it's absolutely concerning. And, and, and what Biden is doing here is, is, I think, resorting to his natural tendencies. We've, we've seen him do it throughout the course of his whole career. But now as he's gotten a lot older, I don't think he's able to control it as much, is that he lapses into this tough guy talk. I mean, everybody remembers the story he told about how he's faced off against the mighty Corn Pop back when he was – do you remember Corn Pop back when he was uh, – Corn Pop was looks a like guy. a cheese puff compared to Vladimir Putin, yeah. right? So his first instinct is to act like a tough guy, right? And so, I mean, he's he's like one step away from challenging Putin to a push-up contest or something like that. So, but it's so he goes out there and he says these things and he's in tough guy mode, and then the White House has to come behind him and say, you, you know, that's not what he actually meant, guys. Now, you know, and people like Dana Perino know. That the White House staff is there to bolster, to back up, to fill in, to to add uh, perhaps perhaps meaning to 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 talk about, to reinforce what the president of the United States is saying and doing. The Biden White House and the White House staff seems to exist to contradict and correct the guy who should be in charge. So really, at the bottom of all this is the question. Who is making United States policy? Because it's not Joe Biden, because his staff keeps correcting him time and time again. You know, that's a great point. Who is doing all the correcting for him? And I have to get your take, Tim Murtaugh, because this is an amazing sort of excuse. Um, We've heard different people say, oh, no, he didn't say that. And then you play it back. They go, well, what he really meant was he was speaking from his heart. Um, I want to play. This is a comment from Leon Panetta, former communications uh, and also chief of staff, of course, uh, for a Democratic president many years ago, as we know, and longtime Democrat. Leon Panetta said this. He basically gave the Irish excuse, basically saying that because Biden is Irish, he's an emotional guy and he speaks from the heart. Uh, Take a listen, Tim, and I want to get you to react to this. I I happen to think that Joe Biden, uh, you know, is Irish, uh, really has a great deal of compassion when he sees that people are suffering. Uh, And I I think uh, it overwhelmed him in the sense of seeing all the horrors that were resulting from this war. So because he's Irish, he couldn't control himself. Tim, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that one really is a head scratcher. I'm old enough to remember that if you made generalizations about people and stereotyped them based on their ethnicity, that that was considered out of bounds. And some some would call it bigoted. But so Joe Biden is overwhelmed by all this because he's Irish. I mean, he wasn't born in County Cork. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania and Delaware. You know, (laughs) my my gosh. So, but, you know, you had mentioned earlier and some other people talking about the 25th Amendment and, you know, maybe Biden is uh, unfit for the job. And I agree. He's not he's not fit for the job. And we tried to make this argument during the campaign in 2020 when he became the nominee. I mean, gosh, if 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 Joe, if, if it had not been for the covid pandemic and Joe Biden had been forced to campaign across the country like every other single candidate for president in history, Donald Trump would have won 40 states because people would have seen what a mess Joe Biden is. And now that he's president, it's it's painfully obvious to everyone, not just in this country, but around the world. But with regard to uh, removing him from office under the 25th Amendment, I think the best insurance policy is Kamala Harris, because she would, of course, become the president if Joe Biden were removed. And we've seen her on the world stage. And frankly, she's even worse 
Yeah, although I would, although I'd say his European trip was probably worse than hers, if that's possible, Tim, because, you know, of course she was cackling and laughing, which was just horrible and inappropriate. But boy, he's like, I I never thought it would make her look better. No, I mean that. You know, honestly, it's a coin flip, I guess. Which which one is is worse? Kamala Harris is completely unprepared. She she never has. You can just see in her eyes. She has no idea what is about to come out of her mouth at at, at any given moment. Which is why she tends to repeat phrases because she's trying to buy time. And I think she cackles like that because she is she is horribly nervous and she knows that she's out of her depth. And she cackles like that to give the appearance that she's carefree and that she's very loose and that she's she's able to be in these situations and not feel a lot of stress. It's a defense mechanism. And I think she thinks that it's masking uh, her nervousness. But I think that what it is is an actual giveaway because she she knows she's not prepared and qualified to be in these situations. And Joe Biden isn't either. So I'm I'm afraid to say that the 25th Amendment isn't a solution because what would occur could uh, end up, in fact, being worse than than what we currently have, if if that, if anybody can actually believe that. Yeah, which a great point. And that is a frightening premise. It's a choice between bad and bad. Um, Tim Murtaugh, so great to have you here on the show, former Trump 2020 communications director. Great to get your perspective, Tim, as always. As always, Rita, I very much appreciate it, and I uh, hope you'll have me on again. Love it. Anytime, my friend. Thanks so much. And that was the great Tim Murtaugh, communications director for Trump in 2020. By the way, a new poll showing Trump, uh, if the election were held today, getting 47 percent compared to 41 percent for Biden. Another poll is showing that he would really even more trounce President Biden. People are going, wow, look at this guy. And especially the stakes could not be higher. We're going to take your calls, everybody, when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, a little burning for you by the Blue Oyster Cult. I haven't heard this song in a long time. Reminds me of uh, some fun times. Maybe it reminds Biden of his time with Corn Pop, you know, because remember those stories where he's like, oh, yeah, and then I was fighting with Corn Pop. And he talks a big game, but boy, his actions, especially even dealing with Ukraine, have been very tepid. And I think NATO's been leading the charge much more than this president. That's the problem. It's like he says one thing, the White House goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't cause an international crisis. And this was one of the comments where he didn't pull anything back uh, when he was asked in Poland, what do you think of Vladimir Putin? You know, you're dealing every day with Vladimir Putin. I mean, look at what he's done to these people. What does it make you think? He's a butcher. He is a butcher. And that's maybe one of the only statements that has been able to stand where he hasn't had to correct himself. Although Russia came back and said, look at these name callings happening from this U.S. president. But the bigger statements have been definitely where he basically said he should no longer be in power. And people said, ah, and he said, uh, White House had to come back and go, oh, that's not official White House policy. That's just some citizen speaking from the heart as if he's some non-important person, just somebody speaking off the cuff. He's doing a major world address. The whole world is watching. And yet he's just speaking 
on behalf of himself. That's what they're going to say every time he does a gaffe and a gaffe and another gaffe. What do you think, everybody? Is he unfit for office? You just heard from Tim Murtaugh, who dealt with President Trump, and he said, boy, this president, no wonder they kept him in the basement during the campaign. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman, who's on line four. Norm, your thoughts about President Biden and how he is like fumbling, bumbling, Norm, all over the place. Okay, listen, I think his mental state is uh, weak. Um, I think his gaffes are are kind of like a poker tell uh, because I don't, you know, I, I believe he is suffering from some form of dementia. However, the statements he makes like the new world order, like the 82nd airborne going to Ukraine and finally like removing Putin. I feel they're coming from some kind from the people who are really running this government, maybe Obama, maybe Soros. I don't know. Where, I don't know where this is coming from. Do but you th- know let me that- ask you, Norm, do you think yeah. that he is speaking what really they're thinking and he just says yes. the quiet part out loud? Yes, I think he doesn't have I think he doesn't have any control. And I think that that's, you know, they they uh, he, he doesn't have any control. And this is like, you know, when you play poker and the somebody and, and somebody gives the tell for, you know, they don't they they have a they have a, a hand that's going to win or they have a hand that's going to lose. That's a great analogy, mode. Norm. That's a great analogy. You're like, OK, that guy's holding uh, nothing or that guy has a straight with Biden. You're like, he can't think straight. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a great story. And of course, I always love sharing these with you guys every night because we honor our great men and women in uniform. And a big shout out to two township police officers in Hopewell, Pennsylvania. They were given special certificates of appreciation for saving a resident's life. The officers were dispatched by 911 for an elderly female who fell and was possibly not breathing. When the officers arrived on the scene before EMS, they started performing CPR on the woman who was found motionless on the kitchen floor. They performed CPR for an extended an extended period of time to free up EMS personnel to complete other life-saving measures and later help the crew with loading the patient into the ambulance. And the police chief there said the two officers are commended for jumping into action quickly and helping to save, undoubtedly, this woman's life. He said, quote, All too often the media and others magnify the negative aspects of police in their daily performance and duties and not all the good that takes place while officers are serving their respective communities. This is one great example of them doing what they do best and doing good, which I say bravo, bravo, bravo. And he's absolutely correct. And that's why I love here on the Rita Cosby show that we are able to shine a light on the great things our law enforcement always does to protect all of us. Well, speaking of protection, things are very, very tense in the situation in Ukraine. Attacks still continuing at this hour. The Russians saying, well, they may be cutting back near the capital city of Kiev as some talks are going forward in Turkey with both sides, both the Russians, uh, Russians and the Ukrainians. But still, there continues to be strikes 
and continues to be strikes also on the humanitarian corridors, particularly those from Mariupol. That's that city that is, of course, by the port that has just been hammered by Russian strikes. And it's been just horrible. So the situation continues there. And the stakes couldn't be any higher, which is why it is so important to have a president who speaks clearly, concisely, and appropriately. Because you can bet every word that our president says, Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin are looking at it, saying, what does that mean? What is he doing? Is that provoking us? Is that saying he's going to do this? Does that give us a reason to do something preemptive? I mean, there are so many layers here to this. And yes, do I think Vladimir Putin's a butcher? 1,000 percent. But then President Biden went a whole bunch of steps further. And boy, was his trip to Europe a mess, as we were just talking about with President Trump's former 2020 communications director. He was all over the place in his European tour, according to Tim Murtaugh, who we just had here on the show. And Biden was, first of all, one of his first misstatements that was so kind of like incendiary was he was asked, what would you do if chemical weapons are used by Vladimir Putin? And this is what he said in Brussels. Take a listen. This is him commenting. So you've warned about the real threat of chemical weapons being used. Have you gathered specific intelligence that suggests that President Putin is deploying these weapons, moving them to position or considering their use? And would the U.S. or NATO respond with military action if he did use chemical weapons? You know, on the first question, I can't answer that. I'm not going to give you intelligence data, number one. Number two, we would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. We would respond. We would do it. We would also respond in kind, he also said. And then he goes to southern Poland right after that. He meets with the 82nd Airborne. This is the fighting force right on the border of Ukraine. And this is what he tells them, basically, get ready. You're going to Ukraine. And you're going to see when you're there. Some of you have been there. You're going to see. You're going to see women, young people, stand on stand in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. You're going to see when you are there. And then he makes a comment on Saturday night. He's standing in front of the royal castle there in Warsaw, Poland, and says, you know what? Putin cannot remain in power. It wasn't in the scripts. He went off script. He ad-libbed it. He cannot remain in power. So all of these statements, he goes before the White House yesterday, the White House press corps. They're hammering him. They're like, "Uh, Mr. President, you know what? You basically said regime change. You basically said we may use chemical weapons as a response. You basically told the 82nd that they're going into Ukraine. And the White House says none of these statements are true. So take a listen how President Biden basically plays revised history with Peter Ducey of Fox News. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? You, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We were talking about 
helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's with the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. All right. So now here's where the next issue comes, you guys. Helping to train the Ukrainian troops with our U.S. troops, U.S. troops training them in Poland. So then everybody went, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. We didn't know that we were training Ukrainian troops with our U.S. troops in Poland. We were never told that U.S. troops were training Ukrainian troops in Poland. That's new information. And so today, Kate Bedingfield, she's the White House communications director for President Biden, had to say, oh, no, that's no big deal. That's out there. That, that's public information. Everybody knows that. And all the reporters are going, wait, 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 wait. We've been following every inch of this. That's not new. Did he reveal classified information trying to defend his other cleanup? I mean, it's like it gets worse upon worse. But anyway, here is Kate Bedingfield today responding to reporters. This is Jackie Heinrich of Fox News saying, should he have revealed that information to the world that U.S. troops are apparently training Ukrainian troops in Poland? It basically puts the onus on U.S. and Poland because of his big mouth. Take a listen. Yesterday, did the president accidentally reveal a previously unknown effort for the the U.S. to be training Ukrainian forces in Poland during his answer in the press conference? Uh, No. The troops that he met with uh, in Poland uh, routinely interact uh, with Ukrainians. Uh, That is something that's known. Many of you were, again, on the trip with us. Uh, That is something that's known. Uh, That is in no way uh, revealing compromised information. Um, uh, That being said... Um, there's nothing further that I have to say on that beyond what the president said yesterday. Oh, yeah, we all know that U.S. troops are training Ukrainian troops in Poland. That was new to me when I heard it, too. I was like, whoa. And guess what? It is obviously new because here is Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, about a week ago saying, no, that's not happening. Take a listen. On the question of U.S. troops, we do not have U.S. troops currently training Ukrainians. We do not have U.S. troops on the territory of Ukraine. We do, of course, have U.S. troops defending NATO territory, providing reassurance to our allies, deterring Russian aggression. And, of course, the United States is playing a key role, not just in the direct provision of military equipment to Ukraine, but in the facilitation of military equipment provided by many of our allies as well. So we do not have Ukrainian troops being trained by U.S. troops in Poland. And she just said, oh, yes, it is. They just revealed that they are because the president slipped. Is this guy out of control? And do we just have to say to Mr. President, you can only speak like 10 words and they have to be on prompter? I mean, who is running the show there to the point where he is a leaking sieve, almost really a national security risk, releasing information that clearly they don't want out there? Why would you want the Russians to know that U.S. are training Ukrainians on Polish soil. Why the heck would you want them to know that? And clearly we're not supposed to know it. And the White House has to say, oh, yeah, everybody kind of knew that, even though they said the week before, no, that's not happening. So he just blew some, like, national security secret trying to defend himself from his other blunder. He's like a blunder upon blunder upon blunder. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to line three to Michael. Michael, your thoughts about President Biden, who it's actually really scary, I think, Michael. Your thoughts. 
Rita, I do agree as an American citizen that Putin, he has proven to the world he has to be taken out. If he's going to invade Ukraine, he's going to invade Poland, I could see it happening. But truly, the greatest threat to the American people is this trinity of blame, hate America first evil by Biden, Kamala Harris, and Pelosi. And as for the Ukrainian people, to all our congressmen and Senate, bang on that White House door and allow the Ukrainians have the weapons they need to defeat the Russians on the battlefield. Because this is a war by proxy for the free world with NATO against Russia. The Ukrainians do need all the help they can get because they cannot be allowed, the Russians cannot be allowed to win that country because that would be the, the beginning of the Cold War. Well, we're actually in the Cold War again, but a new Iron Curtain falling on this planet. Yeah, I agree. And I'd like to say Michael. something to the Democrats. I just want to finish. To, to the Democrats in this country, you really made a big blunder for voting these three people in back in our government. Big blunder. You're taking us down in, in the ship called the USA. You're putting us like in third place, again, behind Russia and China. Thanks, Democrats. Yeah. Thanks for doing that to America. It, it yes, is Rita. frightening. Michael, I, I hear your passion, too, because I have never seen a presidency really turn things around in a not a positive way in terms of national security in such a short period of time. It's only been a year. And I think about, oh, my gosh, between the border, our border, between Ukraine's borders. I mean, like, we're really, it's concerning. And and I wish, like, at first, I, you know, it's like you want to laugh a little bit because it's just so, like, ridiculous that, oh, I didn't say that, you know. But then the fact that it is a national security issue, it's downright dangerous, Michael. And the fact that now it turns out in his explanation he's releasing details that clearly the U.S. didn't want to get out there. And, you know, the White House wants to, you know, makes us think, well, okay, we're stupid, that, oh, no, we really, it's no big secret. Meanwhile, we have Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, on tape a week ago saying, oh, no, that's not happening. Well, clearly it is. He's, again, it's sort of like it was Norman who just said that he believes that Joe Biden is sort of saying the quiet part out loud. And it makes me really scared, Michael, not just what he's saying publicly, but can you imagine if this is a guy when he's on a call with Putin or he's on a call with Kim Jong-un or somebody from Iran, you know, one of one of these. Imagine what he might be saying on those. What do they do? A bleep when he starts talking bleep, like somebody monitoring him, you know, saying, oh, I'm sorry, the president had to go to the bathroom. You know, I mean, what do you do? I mean, it's unbelievable, Michael. We, we, we must all agree that even the Democrats must agree by now that if President Trump was still in our White House, we wouldn't be going through this mess in the European theater. And we wouldn't be having these high gas prices. American people wouldn't be hurting financially. Seventy percent of the American people wouldn't be living, living paycheck to paycheck. These Democrats really ruined not only this country, but the rest of the free world. I mean, we, we are in grave danger. I think we are more greater danger since the missile uh, the missile crisis back in 1961. Yeah, the Cuban Cuba. Missile Crisis. You know, I mean, it's a I similar. Mean, it's a similar, and you want this guy to be the one who's doing the negotiating. That's what's so scary. Michael, thank you. You great call. Thank you as always. Always great to hear from you. Let's go to Larry on line six. Larry, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts? Do you agree with Michael that uh, that this is an extraordinarily dangerous time, and in part? Because uh, our president has open mouth foot disease, you know? 
Well, okay, okay, Rita, I don't. I, I think you're exaggerating the situation. Uh, oh, I don't think so. I actually think I'm underestimating it. But go ahead, Larry. Okay, okay. I I believe Biden knows what he's what he's saying. He's not he's not to the point where he doesn't know what he's saying. The problem is this: he's not a leader. You see, that's why he didn't want to run for president. You see, and a lot of people that run for president shouldn't be running for president because these kind of situations don't happen usually. They happen maybe once every twenty years, not during most people's presidency. Like for example, Obama. I think he would have stunk at this because he wasn't in America's corner to begin with. Now, even Trump. Trump is, was a great president, but he wasn't in this situation. I don't think Trump is exper- was experienced enough either, and he, would, he delegates a lot of things. So, you see, it, it, for somebody to be a leader, they have to make the, be able to make the decisions themselves. You see, with, what happened with Biden was Biden is acting like he's out of the situation. Okay, He passed the buck to begin with. He didn't react. Like a president should, he sat there for three weeks, twiddling his thumbs, and nobody in his administration is competent enough to help him. So nothing was done. Now he's saying things from the heart because that's what all he can do, basically. This is like a secondary, a backup to a backup to a backup strategy. Now, I don't believe you should gang up on him and jump on him. First of all, what he said about getting rid of uh, Putin, he was talking to the Russian people. Clearly, that was from the heart. Whoever heard that, even Putin could be moved by it. Well, first of all, Larry, two things. Let me let me correct you on a couple of things. First off, Trump absolutely did not delegate. In fact, that was part of the issue that everything sort of had to go through him. And people that dealt with him sometimes were frustrated that they weren't really making the decision. It was more of Trump really leading. Um, So I do think things would be different. I think he would have handled this totally different. He would have called Putin up. And I actually think Putin would have been concerned about Trump, how Trump would have handled it. And I don't think it. And by the way, it's not just me, Larry. If you look at polls, and that includes independents and Democrats, um, if you look at all the polls, most people do believe that this would not have happened if President Trump was in office. That's one. Two, when you talk about Biden, I don't think that he is aware of what he's doing. And the reason I say that, Larry, is I've met President Biden many times through the years. I've met him many times. And this is not the cognizant Joe Biden. I'm not seeing the style. I'm not seeing the sense. And I think it's a bunch of hogwash to sit there for the White House or anybody to say, oh, he's just speaking off the cuff. He's the president of the United States. This is not just somebody. And they touted this as a huge American speech. This was a huge, enormous speech for this president. They didn't say these are his private thoughts and only him talking privately. You know, this was the United States president, the leader of the free world speaking in Warsaw, Poland, right there as they are worried about rockets potentially coming into their border into NATO territory. The stakes couldn't be higher. So he's not just some Joe Blow talking. I think he is not aware of what he's saying. And he was a very quippy, very fast, you know, mentally acute. This is not the Joe Biden that I have have known for decades that I've seen for decades. I mean, I'm saying it from firsthand experience. And I it is a it is ridiculous for the White House or anybody to think, oh, he's speaking on personal thoughts, personal behalf. That's why he's leaking national security secrets. That uh, that is like that is the craziest thing. But I appreciate your call, Larry. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you agree with me? That is hogwash that the president is just speaking from the heart. 
That's it. He didn't mean what he said. And then Biden said, oh, no, I didn't mean what I said. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't mean what he said. It's like he's a puppet. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Biden fumbling and bumbling in the White House, having to clean up every second. The latest, him revealing that apparently U.S. troops are training Ukrainian troops in Poland. That was not supposed to get out. And the White House is going, ah, uh, uh, uh. he didn't mean that either. It's like, it is crazy. This is what Jesse Waters had to say on The Five on Fox just a little bit ago. Take a listen. I think they might have to stop playing the hail to the chief when this guy walks in the room because he is not up to performing the duties we expect as a commander in chief. And then he had another description of President Biden. He sits down and he shoves a piece of pizza in his mouth. And you know what happens next? He starts choking. There was a jalapeno pepper on it and pepperoni. And he starts having trouble getting it down. Right. And they notice, the soldiers notice, and they start assisting him, and they start handing him a glass of water. And he, and, he, and he sips on the water, and then he starts taking a napkin, and he rolls up the napkin, and he starts dabbing his forehead, and he puts it down. Hot pepper. There it is. There it is. Now, is this the way you expect the president of the United States to act with our soldiers a, a couple miles from a, a hot war with Russia? No. You expect more from someone like this. The wheels are falling off. Wait. This guy's like a vintage car. You see the gauges. The brakes are shot. It's no longer fun to drive it anymore. You know this what? is now you know dangerous. <laughs> like a vintage car with the wheels falling off is how he's describing President Biden before our eyes. And sadly, this is a delicate and dangerous time in world history. I never thought, you know, it, sometimes it's funny. Um, when you go, okay, you know, well, it's a little silly and he's bumbly. Now it's scary. I'm actually, it's scary because he is revealing things that he should not be revealing. He's speaking things off cuff. And that's a very dangerous place to be with a person who doesn't, I think, have all his mental faculties. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to EJ on line three. EJ, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, EJ. Yes, ma'am. Good evening. About talking about uh, all the gaffes that the president's made, I'm just hoping and praying that nobody, but nobody, unplugs the teleprompter while he's making an official speech, because he'll go wander off, and who knows what he's going to say. Oh, my God. Good point, EJ. That's a great point, because you're right. Right. probably talk about what they're feeding the polar bears at Central Park Zoo. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. And and, no, he'll reveal something top secret about the polar bears that we're not supposed to know. EJ, thank thank you. Great call. Let's go to Bobby in Queens. Go ahead, Bobby. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show on Line 5. Go ahead, Bob. I I believe he has hydrocephalus, water on the brain. It masks Alzheimer's and dementia. And the main symptom when it first comes on is shuffling feet when you walk. And when he walks, he shuffles his feet. Yeah, I, I did notice that. But now, are you a doctor, or how do you know that? No, no, no. My mother's family is the founding family of the Hydrocephalus Foundation. My mother came down with it. They put her in a dementia ward, and four months later, the man's wife come to see my mom and said, this doesn't look like this. It looks like hydrocephalus, and they brought it to a different hospital. Is it fixable, Bob? Is it fixable? Um, well, they put a shunt in her brain, took all the water from her brain down to her stomach, through, through her body, drained the water away. 
walking, talking, everything came back. We brought her back to the hospital in another state. And she walked into the doctor's office. She almost fell out of the chair. Wow. Bobby, by the way, first off, Bobby, how great that your mom, first of all, turned this around. That's beautiful. I only hope for the same thing for our president of the United States because this is really dangerous, really scary. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everyone. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because you probably were smelling sweet since when I saw you down on the floor. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And reports tonight that in the town of Mykolaiv, which has been getting a beating in Ukraine, there was a missile strike of a government building killing at least a dozen people there. And again, air raid sirens tonight throughout much of Ukraine. Now, this comes as we are getting mixed messages, very serious ones about a very serious topic which is why the verbiage from President Biden is so important and has to be watched. Here we're first hearing from Russia's president, the spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, that's his longtime spokesperson of Vladimir Putin, saying in an interview just a few hours ago to PBS that no one is thinking about using or even the idea of using a nuclear weapon. That's very comforting to hear, but very different than what he had said just a few days ago, where he said that everything is basically on the table. And he said it very matter-of-factly when he did an interview with CNN, but now telling PBS no one's thinking about using. Well, again, these are the people who said, oh, we're not planning on invading, and then the next day we know what happened. This, take it with a grain of salt, because this comes as a new report is coming also that there is evidence, according to flight tracking information, that Vladimir Putin and his highest ranking commanders are running the war in Ukraine from a top secret nuclear bunker. Movements of planes used by top Kremlin officials are showing that Putin may be in a hideaway near Surgut, which is basically in western Siberia, and that his defense minister, who a lot of people have not seen now for several weeks, is believed to be in a different bunker in the Urals, which is basically about 700 miles east of Moscow. So this is interesting information. And, of course, this comes as there is suspected use of these high-security bunkers, uh, basically at the time where Putin has been suggesting through his representatives that he could be considering the use of nuclear weapons, as he has been very frustrated with the fate of the war in Ukraine. Remember, there were reports that he thought he'd be able to basically march into Kiev within three days. That's what a lot of his top generals have said. And now there are reports that he's lost at least seven generals. And according to a number of reports, he and his defense minister may be hiding out in separate nuclear-protected bunkers. Uh, Boy, is that scary, as we're now hearing a different tune from his spokesperson saying, no, we're not planning on using nukes. But then like a week ago, they said, maybe we are. So boy, is it important that we keep track of his whereabouts and also what they're doing, not just what they're saying. Meantime, President Trump, just a little bit ago, and I want to get all of your reactions on this because 
boy, are things getting interesting. President Trump is watching what's going on in the world and going, huh? You know, uh, boy, what a different place the world looks like. He also has been talking about Hunter Biden and saying, hey, all the information should be coming out about Hunter Biden. Now, of course, the New York Times has, you know, basically confirmed everything that the New York Post had, you know, a year before about his laptop and all the details and all these things. And now President Trump, in an interview that he just did a few hours ago with America's Voice Network, is saying President Putin put it all on the table, not about nukes, but about information that you have. Take a listen. And one thing while I'm on your show, as long as Putin now is not exactly a fan of our country, let him explain where did, because Chris Wallace wouldn't let me ask the question, why did the mayor of Moscow's wife give the Bidens, both of them, three and a half million dollars? That's a lot of money. She gave him three and a half million dollars. So now I would think Putin would know the answer to that. I think he should release it. I think we should know that answer. By the way, I do think we should know the answer. I don't think I would trust anything out of Putin's mouth, but I do agree with him that we should know the answer. Why do we not know the answer? What was the money for? And it is interesting because now we're in a certainly a war with Russia, and Ukraine certainly is, and we're certainly, we in NATO, all of us together are sort of watching this, supplying, of course, Ukraine. Why do we not know what that money was for? And does it have some sort of nefarious purpose? It certainly sounds interesting for a guy whose artwork stinks. And it seems like his consulting work stinks as well. I think his artwork's better than his consulting work. So what is he getting paid? 3.5 million bucks from the mayor of Moscow's wife. We've always kind of wondered what that is. So interesting. So do you think maybe now we will see more information Because President Trump is saying, hey, Vladimir Putin, what do you have? What did the mayor of Moscow's wife, what was she paying him? 3.5 million bucks, quote, for maybe the big guy, some of these reports and some of these different things that are out there. How much truth is there to it? It is interesting that we haven't heard anything from anybody kind of leaking intelligence on Hunter Biden. And you know that Vladimir Putin is not a fan of Biden. Clearly is not. He's not a fan of Ukraine either, obviously. But what is going on? Do you think we might hear something? And what do you think that money has to do with the situation we're in right now? Well, it hearkened me back to, of course, what President Trump said in 2016. Remember, during the Philadelphia Convention, I'll never forget this, during the convention and all the different things that were going on, he put out this plea at that time. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Wow. So what do you think Russia has on Biden? Because after some of the comments that he made in the last few days, boy, you would imagine Vladimir Putin would be leaking like a sieve if there's something out there. Here is again what President Biden said. Remember when he was in Warsaw, Poland, that has sparked the craziness around the world saying, you know what? He was calling for a regime change. Take a listen. Of course, Vladimir Putin could not have been happy to hear this. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. 
where free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. And, of course, he said, oh, no, 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 I'm not calling for a regime change. And then he said, oh, no, I actually am speaking from the heart. Boy, what a mess this has been. And this is Janine Pirro on The Five on Fox News, her take on all of it. The problem really is that he's on the world stage. He is in a nation that is literally next door to a country where there is fighting. And we're on the verge of, Zelensky thinks, World War III. And when he calls, when he says, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, Macron has to pull him back. They have to have a phone call. The ambassador to NATO has to pull it back. These are very dangerous, dangerous times. Very dangerous times. So, by the way, later on in this hour, we're going to be talking, speaking of dangerous times, dangerous times on the streets of America because crime has been escalating throughout so many of the major cities. Serious crime, violent crimes. And one place certainly that epitomizes that is Chicago. And now we are finding out that good old Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, the queen of defund the police, turns out she has one of the biggest security details of the country with Chicago PD protecting her. 71 people protecting her. What a hypocrite. So we're going to get into the hypocrisy of the Democrats, especially as we're heading into election time, because, boy, it's important to protect the homeland and also protect international security as well. Meantime, what do you think President Trump is alluding to with Vladimir? Vladimir, release the dirt on Biden. That is his call tonight. What do you think Biden may or may not have? And what do you make of the fact that, again, The mayor of Moscow's wife paid millions of dollars, according to various reports, to Hunter Biden. And the fact that we're in this bind right now, is there any combination? Is there something to do with all of this? Is there a connection with all of this? And do you think Vladimir will respond? And how so? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, Let's go to John in Michigan on lines three. Go ahead, John. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about all this. Yeah. Hi, Rita. I had called you before and I said that uh, we needed to set an example with taking Putin out, you know, to the other dictators. But I've thought about it a lot and listened to you from then to now and watched, of course, what's going on. And it occurs to me that when President Biden was vice president Biden, and his family, uh, you know, they've sold out to the, you know, dictator people over there. And now that he's in position to run our country, he's uh, selling out the United States from within. And, you know, there's no other way to look at it because all your viewers, we all have common sense and we've all lived through the better times and the middle times and, and the worst times. And, you just have to think for a second, well, why is it like this? And it's just plain as day. It's like the nose on your face. And uh, I tell everybody I meet now, it's not uh, political anymore. It's do you want to keep your freedom? And we got to vote the right way or we're going to lose it because just look at what's happening. So that's what people need to know without offending each other. If you enjoy your freedom, 
and you don't want to be like the other countries, we need to band together as we're all Americans, forget the political affiliation and vote the right way because this is just, uh, it's just unreal. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it is. And John, by the way, you brought up a great point because, you know, look, midterms are right around the corner, guys. And if the Republicans can get the House and the Senate, more likely the House, but maybe the House and the Senate, if they could get one or both houses, they would be able to at least have a block, not necessarily over executive orders, but over pretty much most of the legislation. They can be a block um, and it would certainly galvanize the Republican Party. And, And I think I think the stakes could not be higher in November, and I think the stakes could not be higher for 2024 because, boy, you see what a contrast it it has been. Um, John, thank you. Terrific call. Let's go to Will on line four. Go ahead, Will. Your thoughts about all this and Biden and also Trump's call for Putin to release whatever he's got. Uh, I think it's crunch time now. Um, It's just a shame that Everything as far as the traditional system now in America is one way, uh, and that's the democratic way, and it's not fair. You know, every time they're trying to get uh, President Trump in trouble, uh, it seems to not work. And uh, they just need to really worry about the country and what's going on overseas uh, than to worry about uh, trying to make sure Mr. Trump doesn't run again. I've never voted. But I'm going to vote this time, and I'm an African-American. Yeah, I said it. And I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because I don't want to lose my freedom. Yeah, boy, what a contrast, Will, it has been. You know, and I've covered a lot of presidents, by the way, in my career, Will, and it's I've never seen such a dramatic difference between one presidency to the other, um, not just in style, but I'm just talking how the world looks. And, and in terms of such strong security measures and beefing up military and beefing up borders and all that to now where it's it's just been a mess. It's 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 really been astounding. And it's great to have your call too, Will. I think really powerful message. Thank you so much. Let's go to Johnny on line six. Go ahead, Johnny. Hi Rita. How are you? I'm good. What do you think? What do you make of all this? Well, first of all, Putin's not gonna help us. He wants to keep us confused. So he won't give us anything on Biden. But See, I would. I kind of wonder. Hey, John, and I'll let you continue. But I think, you know, I I don't necessarily agree with sort of a you know uh, any American president sort of working with Putin. But if Putin really thinks so little of Biden, which I think he does, which saddens me because I'd like him to think a lot of our American president, whoever's the president, um, he might release something. He might be this guy. He's trying to act tough around me. He's trying to talk tough and. Tell everybody regime change and all these other things. I'll show them. You know, I mean, you never know. That's the scary yeah. thing. You know, when you're dealing with an unstable individual, you know, a, you know, who knows what he'd release, you know, and that's scary. No, it is. But I don't think he'll release it because and what I meant by confused is he wants Biden there because he knows Biden is a pushover. That's but, an interesting uh, point. Comment- right, right. You're better off having a, a weakling there than somebody else. Right. Um my other point is, well, actually, it goes back to the first debate that the Democrats had and for the 2016 election. Yeah. Uh, not 2020 election, actually. I was, watching the, I was watching the debate, and I was just focusing on the different people. My wife walks into the room, and she says, she looked at Biden, and she said, there's something wrong with him. And she said, he has dementia. And the reason I, I, I began to watch, I said, yeah. My dad had dementia, and dementia uh, is debilitating. Yes. The biggest, 
the biggest thing that I and what I'm impressed with is how they keep him so up. The, the drugs must be vastly improved. My dad passed away in 2007, and um, the drugs definitely improved. Well, and you the know, Johnny, as, Johnny, as you bring up a good point, because, um, and first of all, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your dad. My father passed away a few years ago, too, so I, I feel that uh, very, very much, um, not from dementia. My father had cancer, um, but still, it's such a, it's a huge loss. But, you know, when you talk about the dementia, I see it, too. And by, there's no question. And I think they're like juicing him up before he gets out there before a debate because suddenly he's like spry with energy, you know, and, and like, you know, they give him like whatever medication to be able to handle that, you know, that because he was great at that last debate. I actually thought he did a good job. He was very feisty. And everyone's wondering, how is he going to have energy to get past 10 minutes? And he was able to stand through the whole thing. You could tell he lost a little bit of energy toward the end of the debate. I remember it kind of faded, but he came out strong sort of at the top. Um, but I agree, but that's, you know, and I feel sorry for someone who's going through that, but it's too important of a position, as you know, even firsthand as someone, a family member, I've had other friends who've had family members with it too. You can't have somebody who has dementia leading the most important country in the world. I mean, that's why it's, it's absolutely the wrong place for someone who needs to get help, not to fix, you know, not to destroy the country. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about President Trump. Now making a call, a verbal call, not a call by phone, but a claim to Vladimir Putin in a recent interview saying, hey, listen, if you have any dirt on Biden, now is the time to put it out there because he said, listen, I know you got something. There are reports that the mayor of Moscow's wife paid millions of dollars to Hunter Biden and President Trump wondering what's that all about? Why don't you fess up? Because clearly Biden is not a pal of yours, Putin. What do you think? And what do you make of the fact that President Biden has been all over the place with his comments and really, I think, has degraded mentally to the point where I think he is really dangerous with his comments? It's really frightening when you see the comments coming from this president that the White House has to keep continuously cleaning up. You know, to me, it is really, really frightening to see that every five seconds it's like, oh, no, 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 he didn't mean that. It's like he needs a translator. Uh, no, the president really meant was this. And then he said, no, 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 I really did mean this. Oh, no, 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 he was speaking in person himself. He's not the president. Oh, no, no, he's just speaking as a citizen, a Joe Blow citizen. It is really frightening, especially with the stakes so high right now. one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Chris on line six. Chris, your thoughts about all this? Go ahead. Hey Rita, how are you? Good. What do you think um, of Biden? I think. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the guy's had two brain aneurysms to begin with. Uh, that's first and foremost. Secondly, he's a he's an empty suit. He's not controlling anything. Ron Klain and the rest of the Obama leftovers. Susan Rice, Jake Armstrongs, and uh, the other guy, I forgot his name. They're all in control of the White House, what's going on. So basically, Obama's serving his third term right now. 
Yeah, which, by the way, which a lot of people agree with you, Chris, that it's sort of these behind-the-scenes people just putting him there as a puppet, but even the puppet can't even do the puppetry well. It is a mess. Let's go to Greg on line eight. Go ahead, Greg. Your thoughts about the president. Hi, Rita. you got a really good show. You really do. Thank you. Thank you. But it's frightening, Greg. You know, it's scary to me. It's like I want our president to do well. You know, I want America to do well. Of course, uh, we all want to do well, but this Biden is nothing but a bullcrap artist. He's been a thief and a liar his whole life, all the way through. He's not, a, and we know Harris got to be where she is. What was her mentor? What was that guy's name out in California? Willie the Pimp, I think his name was. Oh, yeah, the one who she was, uh, that she was having the affair with. Yeah, it's a tangled web. By the way, when we come back, we're going to talk about Lori Lightfoot, who wanted to defund the police. She is one of the biggest security forces in the country. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I absolutely love, where we get to honor our great men and women in the military and those who have served our nation beautiful story coming out of Shalimar, Florida, where more than 30 veterans of the Vietnam War or their surviving spouses were honored just a few days ago at the Air Force Enlisted Village with lapel pins and certificates honoring their service in Vietnam or on the home front. Now, one of the veterans who was honored was Woody Woodall, who who served in supply and logistics with the Air Force in Vietnam for 18 months from 1968 to 1970. He said that he thought it was so necessary to be able to help out. He said it was a terrible war and that he was proud to be there and glad that he served and also very blessed that he was able to come back alive. And also prior to receiving their pins and certificates from members of the Air Force Sergeants Association, the veterans and surviving spouses heard from retired Air Force Colonel Ed Hubbard. He was a local Vietnam veteran who spent more than six years as a prisoner of war. Hubbard recounted his experiences as a POW, and he talked about how he and some fellow prisoners had to work to keep a new prisoner alive by force-feeding him bowls of rice until his health stabilized. Unfortunately, that prisoner was subsequently placed in solitary confinement and died. And he also said that his attitude, Hubbard said his own attitude, played a pivotal role in getting him through his experience as a POW. Part of his approach was giving thanks for my good fortune because I was an American, and it doesn't get any better than that. How powerful to hear it from a man who survived as a POW for six years uh, during that war. What a great, great uh, American. And how blessed are we to have great Americans like that. Well, you guys all know how much I love our men and women in uniform, and particularly our law enforcement, as well as, of course, our veterans so much. And what an important role that they play. And I hate when I see Democrats who are frequently disparaging them. And who've constantly have talked about, oh, we've got to cut off police or it's all police's fault or police are racist or police, you know, are criminals as opposed to the focus on the criminals themselves. And one person who has just been over the top on rhetoric in terms of blasting the police 
is Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Here's a little bit of what she had to say. Well, first of all, we've got to speak our values through these contracts. We've got to lay out a very clear set of principles around reform and accountability and not allow the extraordinary due process that police officers get to be a roadblock to accountability. What about criminals? What about throwing the book at them? I am so sick of the Democrats and some of the far loony left, I call them, that are just so over the top with this rhetoric. And meanwhile, Chicago has had so much crime, rapid crime, as we have seen in so many of the other cities. I mean, gun crimes, murders, uh, particularly the violent crime, those numbers are skyrocketing. And through it all, Lori Lightfoot has been basically blasting the police. Here is a little bit more of what she has had to say. And she emblemizes, I think, sadly, a number of other soft on crime mayors across the country. Take a listen. It is essential that the police department take responsibility for the way in which it's uh, policed and the way in which it has, in many instances, alienated people of color, particularly African-Americans in this city. We live in a city that is traumatized by a long history of police violence and misconduct. We can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. We can't rely on police to do public safety. And then remember when there were all those smash and grabs uh, the when the big groups were coming in to different department stores across the country in Chicago, in L.A., and in other cities. She blamed it on bad security, that the retailers should have been hiring better security, as opposed to blaming it on the mob that was doing the robberies. It was unbelievable. Here's a little bit of Lori Lightfoot blaming retailers and their lack of security as opposed to the criminals. Some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue, I will tell you, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute um, plans like having security officers in their stores, uh, locking up uh, their merchandise at night, chaining high-end bags. These purses seem to be something um, that is attracting a lot of attention on these organized retail uh, theft units. There she is blasting the law, you know, basically saying, "Okay, we need more security in these stores. It's not the criminals. It's not throwing away the keys. So now, lo and behold, details are coming out that in 2020, in the midst of all of these comments that she has been making over the years, and she's been leading the charge with so many of these defund the police comments, turns out, Guess who hired one of the biggest security units to protect herself in America? Lori Lightfoot, the Chicago mayor. Turns out that the mayor and her family created basically a below-the-radar security unit, not really telling anybody because, God forbid, while she's out there saying defund the police, that she's beefing up police squadrons around her and her own family's home. And it turns out that she had about 70 officers who are protecting her at home and also while she's out, you know, doing security. Also when, of course, when she's at City Hall. Understandable that a mayor in a major city and in a dangerous city like Chicago would need a lot of security. But I just think it is so unbelievably hypocritical of Lori Lightfoot, who tries to say, oh, defund the police, they're bad, they're criminals, they're, you know, they're racist, they're this, they're that. And it turns out that she basically had one of the biggest security forces 
in the country because things were not safe for her and her family. But it's okay to cut back on police for the average citizen. I think that is outrageous. Are you fed up with this crazy left policy of defund the police? And then it turns out so many of them have their own private security forces that they just don't tell you about. But you're not supposed to have security for you and your family. The police are racist, except for the ones that are protecting them and their families. To me, that is so shameful and so indicative of so many of these people on the left. What is your thoughts about this, especially as we're heading into an election time? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Leo Terrell, who was on Fox News earlier today. And this is what he had to say about the hypocrisy of people like Lori Lightfoot. She has over 85 officers total. She has a battalion to protect her 24-7. She sleeps well at night when she goes to bed. The citizens of Chicago have to sleep under their bed to, to, to protect themselves from stray bullets. She's not a friend of the police. She has allowed the city to basically run amok. Criminals make a good living in Chicago because crime is up. When you have an anti-police attitude, how in the world can you protect the citizens of Chicago? It is the capital city of crime in this country. Exactly. It's the capital of crime. And she wants everybody to believe that she's anti-police. Meanwhile, privately, she's beefing up security for her family. 65 officers, five sergeants, and a lieutenant total. 71, guys. I mean, one of the biggest in the country. And that was in addition to 20 that she had already. So basically 91. I mean, that is unbelievable. That's a big amount. But I don't blame her. If I was in Chicago and I was the mayor, I'd want the same amount. But I'd be going out there touting how great the police were, not condemning them. To me, this is just such a political move. And it just shows that so many of the statements from people like her and a lot of these Democrats, it is all politics trying to appeal to their ultra far left part of the base. You know, the squad members, if you will. Well, this is interesting because this comes at a time where President Biden is also trying to maybe do the opposite. Because while a number of people are still kind of pushing for the defund the police movement, President Biden is looking at the polls, even though he doesn't seem to be able to look at cue cards very well or his speeches very well. He is looking at the polls, as are so many people at the White House, and they are panicking. Because just in the last few days, we even heard from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of the squad that she says a lot of people feel really disenchanted with this president. And she said he's not really living up to his promises, that he's not far left enough for people like her and others in the squad. And so one of the things that he is seeing is that in a lot of polls, people are saying we don't support defund the police. People are living in so many cities like New York like Chicago, like Memphis, like uh, Atlanta, like Los Angeles, a number of these cities where crime has been skyrocketing. And they're saying, you know, Republicans, Democrats, independents, we don't agree with this defund the police movement whatsoever. We so much believe that we need to have security. Yeah, there has to be a balance and we want them to be respectful. On the other hand, we want them to lock up criminals. We don't want this no cash bail We don't want all these other things that are happening. We don't want less police. We want to be safe in the streets. That's the most important thing. When you get out of your house, you want to make sure that you feel safe. 
when you walk to your car or when you walk to the bus or you walk to the train, wherever you're going, you want to make sure you're safe. Nothing else matters if you don't feel safe. It's common knowledge. And so the polls are now showing that, indeed, people want security. They want police. They don't like this defund the police rhetoric. And remember, President Biden was part of the defund the police. He made comments when he was on the campaign trail. He absolutely said, oh, yeah, defund the police. Yeah, I agree with that. He's on video. You see him. Clear as day he's saying this. So my jaw dropped the other day when he announced his budget just yesterday. And he talked about the new budget would include some money for police. Take a listen to how he laid that out. My budget tackles security in two key ways. First, it secures our communities at home. This is an issue families in every part of the country face. I've said it before. The answer is not to defund our police departments. It's to fund our police and give them all the tools they need, training and foundation and partners and protectors that our communities need. The budget puts more police on the street for community policing so they get to know the community they're policing allows the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and the FBI to hire the agents they need to help fight gun crime and other violent crimes in our communities, and funds body cameras and makes sure police work with our local communities and are accountable to these communities. It funds crime prevention and community violence intervention, drug treatment, mental health, criminal justice reform, and reentry for people coming home after incarceration. All demonstrable ways to reduce crime and proven ways. And by the way, some of those are great ways. But what about also saying throw the book at criminals? They sort of leave that out. Oh, no, we're not for defund the police. But he doesn't say we're going to look into no cash bail. We're going to look into repeat offenders. Why is the Democratic Party afraid to go after the criminals? I'm happy to hear that he's saying no, not to defund the police, even though it's so funny because just a few months ago, you got him on tape. And during the campaign, for sure, he's on tape saying, yeah, I'm for defund the police. I mean, it's like, oh, no, we never said that. It's just like, oh, no, I never called for Putin regime change. Oh, no, you're all hearing things like, you know, like we're all nuts. And, and no, that I never said that. It's on tape. And even Lori Lightfoot. Oh, no, I never really was saying, oh, yeah, it's on tape. We just played it for you. These people are just so much playing politics, and it's so transparent because even yesterday during that press conference, the white uh, the Washington Post correspondent for Washington Post, who's quite a liberal publication, as you know, he asked President Biden, I was so proud when I heard this question, he asked him, are you playing politics? Because guess what? We know that it's a political year. We know that this is not what you said when you were on the campaign trail. And people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and a lot of others feel this president sold them a bill of goods. Like, oh, I'm going to go after police. I'm going to cut back on police. And I'm going to, like, you know, you know, basically villainize the police. And they're upset that he's not doing it, that now he's kind of changing his tune because he's seeing the poll numbers. But he won't admit that. Take a listen to this exchange with a Washington Post correspondent. This was just yesterday when the president did his briefing. Is any of it related to political pressure from Republicans saying that Democrats are soft on crime, that, you know, that you guys are careening to the left? Isn't it kind of fascinating? When I first got elected, I was being beat up because I supported the police too much for the previous 30 years. No, that's what I think. 
I hate when he whispers, no, it's that's what I think. It's not politics. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line three. Joe, your thoughts about Lori Lightfoot and President Biden and the politics of it all. Hey, Rita, I guess I'll keep this short. But, you know, because I know you must have a lot of callers, but I'll tell you what. I do, but, but every caller is my favorite caller, so that means you're oh, my favorite, Joe. <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. I will say this. I will say, isn't it the common practice of so many people who say, do as I say, but don't do as I do? <laughs> right, right. Rules for thee, but not for me, right? You know, it's like, it's outrageous, isn't it, Joe, that, that here she is saying, oh, they're terrible. They're this, you know, that like they're the root of the problem. I mean, she was like really villainizing them. And then to go to the point where it's like, you know, and then it turns out she has one of the biggest security forces. It reminded me so much of Cori Bush. I want to play. This is Cori Bush. This is cut 16. I, I want to get your reaction to this, Joe. This is Cori Bush, okay. a member of the squad who it turned out, you know, she's one of the big defund the policers. And it turned out she had a big police force protecting her, too. And it was like, uh, 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 here's her being asked about it. I'm sorry, ma'am. Do you have any comment on why you want to defund the police, but you're paying for your own security? You want to take resources away, but you're providing them for yourself? Uh, no answer. I'm a little busy. You know, Joe, it's like when they get busted, it's like, like, like they're, they're smart enough to know that when you're in trouble, you want to have police. You want to have the best of the best, but yet they can't say that publicly. I mean, that is shameful, Joe. It, it, it certainly sounds like, you know, it, it, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like we don't have to go to the theater anymore. Everybody's acting. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a, We have a free front row seat, sadly, for all of us. Joe, thank oh, you. Lord. You're terrific, Joe. Thanks so much. Everybody, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The hypocrisy of defund the policers. Now finding out they have some of the biggest security forces of their own. Surprise, surprise. It's the Rita Cosby Show. A little bit of a broadcast news song, Dirty Laundry by Don Henley. And I think Lori Lightfoot of Chicago's got a lot of dirty laundry, so it seems, because she's out there blasting the police in a city where crime is skyrocketing. Take a listen. Here is Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, not that long ago. If we rely upon law enforcement only, we're going to fail. And that's what's happened in way too many uh, places across the country. And now it turns out she has one of the biggest security forces in the nation. Didn't really tell anybody. And now she's out there touting defund the police, everybody. The police are terrible. We can't really rely on them. Sounds like her and her family rely on them a lot. And a new expose basically showing that she has dozens upon dozens of police officers because they're the best of the best. So why are you out there telling everybody how terrible they are? Well, Leo Terrell of Fox News says they're a bunch of hypocrites. It's the Democratic playbook. The Democratic elites, those who run the city, run the state like California, 
they don't have the rules that apply to them. They love security when it comes to them. They love police protection 24-7 like you have there in Chicago. But as far as the average citizen, black-on-black -black crime, what goes on? The Chicago crime rate has gone up. Yeah, the Chicago crime rate has gone up, and Lori Lightfoot has police officers all around her and her family, but she doesn't want you to have it. What a bunch of political hogwash. Let's go to Tom in the Bronx on line four. Go ahead, Tom, your thoughts about all this. Rita, I'd like to say that some time ago I had a deep suspicion that the, <clears throat> that the snatch and grabs uh, were being uh, promoted by the bail bonds people. I now have a feeling that they, they bail bonds people are in cahoots with major department stores to bring back the, the bail bond laws. Well, no, you know That's what? They, they, want, they see. I actually agree the opposite. I think, I mean, I think they want security. I guess if, if I guess I'm, just so I understand you, they want security. They want tougher uh, bail on these guys, just like the, the law enforcement and also just like the department stores. Is that where you're going, Tom? I just want to make sure I understand you correctly. Uh, yeah, the, the, I'm saying the department stores could be in cahoots with the bail bonds people to bring back the old laws. Yeah, and I think a lot which, of people, and by I, the way, I, they, and I think, Tom, I think every law-abiding citizen should want the old laws back where there was bond where there was a at least some sort of liability to them the fact that a lot of people are not having to serve time or not having to pay any bail is a huge huge issue and you know it's funny i know a lot of bail bondsmen i'm actually friends with dog the bounty hunter i've had him on my show a number of times and dog has been pushing specifically because he says listen you know people need to let get a message that what they did is wrong and there has to be some accountability and having some sort of bail, at least attached to them, puts them in some financial liability, has them also liable to someone else if someone else put up the bail. And it sends a message that what they did was wrong. So I think anybody who cares about law and order has to at least at minimum try to make sure that criminals, especially repeat offenders or serious criminals, pay a price of some sort. They got to. They got to. Real quick, let's go to uh, Jennifer on line one. Jen, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Jen. Hi, Rita. Uh, just speaking to uh, Lori Lightfoot, Cori Bush, these African-American women that represent primarily African-American districts, I don't understand the tolerance for this behavior. I mean, just the other day, there was a three-year-old in Chicago that shot his mother dead in a car um, because there was a gun in the car. I mean, there is lawlessness. People on, you know, either they—I don't know—not they had nefarious, you know, reasons for having the gun in the car. They were at a market, or whether or not, you know, they were for self-protection. I, I think it was for self-protection. It would have been, you know, well guarded, and the mother would have known to watch over the. Child. Yeah, you don't have it out, but you know, what, Jen, to your point, you're right. They are not serving the community, and so much of the crime is, as you're bringing up. You know, a lot of it is also, you know, and that's a different case of, of the gun out. But a lot of it is, you know, black on black crime. They're not serving the community. They're not serving any community there. If they're not protecting everybody, that is the most important thing. And they're hypocrites. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 